Hi, everybody. This is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast. Welcome, welcome. Settle in, relax, unwind, kick back, or just keep doing what you're doing. The laundry or walking the dog, go for it. Grocery shopping, go for it. Um, Okay, so I recently did a video titled Fun Over Function, and um, I was sitting down putting the some of the final touches onto a journal and um, this is kind of probably the most fun part for me is going and putting in those last little final accents just to bring it up a notch just to add a little flair a little spice and to frankly just have some fun and um, this time the approach was more about fun and less about function Um, sometimes in junk journals I know that I can get caught up in okay I I want to put so many pockets I want to put so many tucks I want to put so many belly bands and it becomes a little bit like a factory made thing with the feeling of okay one pocket here one pocket here one pocket here one pocket here Um, so I thought I would invite into the space some fun over function so how about I put some things in there that had no function they were just eye candy. They were just for inspiration. They were just for play. They were just for experiment. They were just for trying things I hadn't tried before, maybe layering things differently, playing with different colors, tearing, ripping, sewing, whatever it was. It didn't have to have a function. For some reason, that really freed me. It allowed my imagination and my brain to go to different places where it had permission all of a sudden to go, where it's kind of like the kids saying can we go outside and play can we go outside and play and your mom is saying no 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 you can't because you have to do your homework have dinner get a bath all of a sudden mom says it's time go out and play and that's what I felt like just releasing my brain into fun over function and uh, when I stopped trying to make things for a purpose and just make things for fun um it became, it became more fun. And I realized that that's probably one of the peak highlights for me personally is just playing, just playing in the journal, just gluing and sticking and, um, you know, putting things, arranging things oddly differently, maybe something compared to something that I did before. Um, maybe bringing in some ideas from the past and pulling in some new ideas from the, from now. (laughs) Um, and just having some play with the papers. And it's shown me that there's always something new to do, something new to try, something new to experiment with, some new take on it, new twist on it, um, a fresh perspective, a fresh idea. Um, you can also take older ideas and revamp them, breathe new life into them, um, maybe cut the page differently or cut the um, embellishment differently or tear it this time or dip it, dip it, dip half of it into coffee dye, not the whole thing. I mean, just trying kooky things that are out of the ordinary, maybe adding lavender essential oil to some of your dye baths. So it has a pretty lavender scent or um, a perfume or something that, that evokes something wonderful from you. You'll never be able to decide for someone else their experience of, of your journal. So you might as well have fun along the way. And um, I'm hoping that this gives you a license for freedom to explore things that maybe you haven't given yourself the permission to do before because maybe life feels very um, heavy, responsible. You have to be 
on top of things, organized, getting everything done, so many pressures and have tos and things like that, that maybe you can gift yourself this little space of freedom to play. And I think it's a really healthy thing to have that balance in your life so that you can just relax into something for just even for a little what 10 minutes sometimes you only have five three minutes in a day but you just arrange three little pieces of scrap and you like the way it came out and you're feeling good about that and then you carry on with your day and um, that's that's a good start to any day I'm just gandering across my craft room now and my eyes are falling upon this bundled a collection of lavender dried lavender sprigs that I got from my massage therapist she sells these in her shop and I it is just I don't know just seeing those and seeing the nature and seeing and knowing what that smells like even though I'm way over here and they do still smell I haven't I can't smell them from here but I know they smell because I've smelled them and um, just knowing that that's there makes me feel good And I'm thinking, like, how can I use those little lavender buds that are on those sprigs in the journal? You know, maybe you could put a little daub of glue on each one of those and just sprinkle them across a page. Or or take a sprig and glue it onto a page. Um, You could probably Mod Podge over it and get it to stick really well. Or you could just take your chance and just glue it or tape it onto a page and see what happens. Sometimes the collection of odd oddities, the little unusuals in life, when they're collected and amassed in a book, become a new world unto itself. It, it hearkens the thought of an old collection. Maybe when you were a kid and you were out in your, your neighborhood in the, in the ravine or the woods or something, you were collecting um, feathers and, and odd little stones and things like that. I mean... Those were fun days when you were this grand explorer of the world and uh, your universe and you were overturning stones just to see the earthworms underneath them. I mean, a lot of us had that spirit of uh, let's just see what's under there, what's in there, what's inside there. Um, And, you know, maybe we can take that into our regular daily lives with simple things. Uh, Maybe I'm not going to go out and turn over every stone in my garden to see the earthworms, but hey, that wouldn't be a bad day either. Um, But, uh, you know, maybe I can throw some papers down in a new way that sort of feels good and you can get lost in the process. And um, there's some zen in that. There's some relaxation and fun and excitement. And, you know, you almost giggle to yourself and you wonder if anybody's listening. (laughs) It's kind of funny. You're wondering if anybody's listening or watching, um, but you have the privacy of your own world. Uh, Apparently, I don't have that anymore, but... I think it's okay. It's a small price to pay for uh, being able to connect with you guys and uh, share this very odd and strange love of paper and gluing and tearing and cutting and putting things together in fun and unusual ways just to create something that never was before. Um, And when you create things with your own hands that never were before, it's almost like giving birth to something new. Um... I've never had kids, so I can only imagine, but I'm thinking that when it comes from you, uh, there's a little part of you always in it, and um, you're always connected to it in some way, shape, or form, whether it's in front of you, on your desk, uh, in your cupboard, on a counter, um, however you use it. but when, when they go out into the universe, and sometimes it takes a while to have the courage to let go of 
some journals, especially in the beginning. I would like to emphasize that for me. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably similar to most people that the ones in the beginning, it's a little hard to let go of because you are emotionally bonded to each and every little piece of paper in there because you've painstakingly hand-selected each little piece and arranged it so caringly and lovingly in a certain way. And uh, it just seems like um, a year's worth of art going out in one book and you almost have to take a deep breath hold just hold your breath and just like do it you know it's so scary in the beginning so scary and I totally get that and appreciate that the the sheer terror that I felt when I sold my first junk journal or I gave one as a gift even that like let's crank it back in time I mean when I first gave one as a gift I was um, terrified I thought these people you know okay I have to admit the first one I ever gave as a gift was as a wedding gift um, and it, I just thought this would be the coolest thing since sliced bread um, to receive something like that because I kind of figured nobody there, nobody else was going to get them this and they were family and I thought well they're either going to love it or think I'm absolutely nuts but I have no control over that but it was sure fun to make and for some reason it said to me wedding gift and uh, so off it went, and um, through the kindness of their hearts, thankfully they were very merciful, and they said how much they really enjoyed it and loved it and looked through it many times, and, and that was very sweet. Um, and I was very appreciative of that. So it's always nice when you get positive feedback, but you may not always get positive feedback. Um, and I think you got to be okay with that. you got to be... Um, I, I can't say I really had negative feedback, but... Um, you, you just don't know when you release them what somebody thinks. So you're kind of left wondering um, and you don't really, it, it, it's like you're thinking about it and well, I can tell you that my first journal that I sold, I was terrified that it would fall apart and I had to go through every page and make sure every piece of ephemera that was tucked into a pocket or a tuck was free of the glue and could easily be manipulated and I think I must have gone through that book 40 times before I finally released it to the universe and then I was sweating bullets wondering what the person would think of it and um, did not know what they would think of it until they bought a second journal and then I thought well maybe they did like it because I don't think they would buy a second one if they didn't like the first one so that that meant the world to me and I thought well okay maybe maybe they are good enough maybe they are and I knew they were not perfect so I wasn't holding myself to a standard of total perfection because I cannot and I've never been able to get there but I do my best to do pretty darn good <laughs> that's that's the level I hold myself to and um so with more support from the community and getting more courage and releasing more to the universe um, came the next question of when to let go the ones that I had squirreled away for memory keeping, like for my own historical purposes. I have a, a bunch of journals that um, I would say show my journey, show me learning different techniques to myself. Um, and I wouldn't even call them sale quality because maybe they're not put together correctly or they might 
be sewn funny or the signatures are off kilter or whatever it was. I hadn't figured out that little tweak that would make that little bit of the process that much easier. And that was yet to come. But they, when I look at them, they show me my journey. And I think I did sell one. I finally did sell one. I went back and I kind of rehabbed it and tightened it up and, and, and fluffed it up a little bit and, and brought it to a level where I, I felt, okay, now you're ready to be released. And I did experience... I have to admit, I did experience regret, (laughs) but it was hard and it was hard for me to release that one. And I, man, to this day, you know, (laughs) Um, it was hard to let go of, but I did. And now I know what that feels like. So now I know what ones I can release and what ones I'm just meant to keep and say, okay, this was part of my historical journey. And I just like to keep those. Um, I've made a lot of journals. I would guess maybe 500 by now, probably. I have no idea, honestly. Um, But uh, I did some batches of journals for a while, kind of more writing journals, so people could either just use them as regular writing journals or they could decorate them themselves. And um, those were not... I mean, once you get rolling with it, the system is not that difficult. It's rinse... What is it? Rinse, lather, repeat? Or wet, wet, rinse, rinse, repeat? Rent, wet, lather, rinse, repeat? <laughs> Something like that. Um, but um, I would say there's a, a definite distinctive, for me, um, experience of joy doing the decorating and having the freedom to decorate it the way my heart or soul is guiding me at that moment and just letting go and falling into the process and not being guided by mm, a custom order or maybe if I'm giving it to a friend I'm thinking like what would the friend like what would the friend want and that's that's there's nothing wrong with that but that's that is directing your flow of creativity in a certain direction and I you know kept asking myself but what what would it be like if you just created for the sake of creating and that's going to come back to tie everything together with the fun over function because if you get back if you get into your head we are just doing this for the sheer joy of creation and not for sale not to impress not to you know even not to inspire, just purely to have fun and to for the sake of creating. There, that should be on a t-shirt. For the sake of creating. Somebody write that down. Here, I'll write it down right now. Do I have a pen? No, of course not. And this menage, okay, do I have a pen? Write that down. For the sake of creating. And um, it's like a special place you tap into. In yourself, and maybe I, I'm hoping that most of you have experienced that in some way, shape, or form, where you're just lost in the process, and the minutes and the hours are flying by, and you have no idea how it ended up to be dinner time, and you were there all day before you know it, and you were just having so much fun, um, maybe playing with some new papers or playing with a new tool or some new supplies. You got some pretty colors you wanted to play with little patches of fabric, um, gelatos, tickles, whatever it was you're playing with. Um, And also allowing yourself to have the scope of 
You can play with a lot of things. Some you may pay money for because you want to try a new tool or a new supply or a new color. Some things you don't pay anything for, like junk mail, postage stamps on envelopes, um, stuff you have around the house already, some old fiction books, maybe some old photographs, um, and I don't know, whatever you have. Go go rummage. There's stuff in there, drawers. You don't, yeah, pull it out, make journals. That's my best tip. <laughs> That's my best tip for today. Um, because uh, these these are, they're just plum fun to make. Um, there's something sacred about a book and the making of a book, the process of making a book. I don't know, it makes me feel like an old artisan, like in a dusty wooden studio. Well, I probably have the dusty covered here with all the paper products, but um, I, yeah, I kind of picture Geppetto's studio, you know, making Pinocchio and uh, just that time Geppetto must have spent in there. Um, just getting lost in the process of making Pinocchio. And, uh, um, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe our journals are our real boys <laughs> or our little wooden boys that want to become real boys. They want to grow up to be real books one day. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny how there, so many emotions come out about the concept of a book. Can you make a book? Is it going to be as good as the books that are machine made? Are you doing it the same quality as a true book binder would do? Or are you, are you doing some like watered down version of it? Um, is it okay to cut apart a book, slaughter a book, butcher a book, however you want it, whatever you want to call it? What if it's an old book? What if it's an old book from the 1600s? Are you going to slaughter that baby? I've done it. I've gone into the dark place and done that. And um, I've curled toes. And... Uh, but there's the flip side. When, sometimes when you're thinking about doing that, it just seems like absolute sacrilege. And uh, But then when you realize that you're putting each page into a different person's hands to have an experience that can be frankly quite overwhelming, it's possible to be holding something that's more than 400 years old. Wow. Um, pretty amazing. Is it worth it? to sacrifice the one book personal call um i think it is do i think all 1600 year or six books from the 1600s should be slaughtered no but um i don't know i think those books had another purpose in life maybe they weren't even expecting it until (laughs) until we junk journalers came along and i don't know how many other junk journalers are slaughtering 1600 year old books um they're not 1600 they're from the 1600s, not they're 1600 years old. Let me clarify that. Um, yeah. It's a weird life we live. We pay pe- paper people. <laughs> we paper loving people. We're an odd bunch, but we are many. We are legion. It is true. There are, we are all over the world. Um, we have the same questions, many, often. We want to know what glue we want to know what are the best scissors. We want to know what are the coolest papers. What's an easy way to change cu- paper's color? What's a fun thing I can do with this kind of paper that I've never done before and I want to see something new? We have a lot of the same thoughts and same questions. And, um, you know, the paper community being able to connect over the internet and share ideas. We go forth and create things that have never been created before. Um, and that's kind of cool. 
and let's keep doing it. Let's keep having fun. And if you don't know, remember, I've got a fundle special going on in February 2023 right now. Well, it's a paper fam. It's a triple bonus special if you order a fundle, which is a collection of old and interesting papers, old antique ledgers and postcards and checks and receipts and fun stuff like that. You will automatically receive a Victorian trade card, a Victorian calling card, and a beautiful Gothic text book page from 1798, 225 years old. Happy crafting. Um, I wish you all the best. Me and Sun Bun. And we'll be talking to you soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.